everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's fine. I'm, <laughs> I am I don't want to say I have spring fever, because that is a hard thing to do yourself to yourself at the 1st of February around here. But uh, yeah. I am so sick of us. We are so boring at my house. I We're all sick of each other. It's just, well, Scott's been sick. He's been sick since Thursday. And mm -hmm. he's better, but he's just still really tired, you know? Yeah. If he had the flu or what? Thank God I have not gotten sick. But mm -hmm. anyway, so we just have practically not left the house in days. We've left for tiny little stints, you know, for mm -hmm. necessities. But that's about it. And oh, mm -hmm. my gosh, I am sick of us. I am bored. Now, don't think I don't have a lot of things I could be doing. And I have done. I've been playing with glass a lot, but still. Lord mm. Almighty, I'm I'm climbing the walls, guys. Climbing well, the walls. It, it is. It does. This is about when you know spring fever starts hitting us, but we don't really mm -hmm. get spring till May. So, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we had our first false winter. We did. We've since had a lot of rain spring. and snow. Yeah. yeah. Or false spring. Yeah. What am I talking about? False winter, as if <laughs> the real ones. <laughs> yeah so Thanks. i don't know it's like usually if i'm just this stir crazy getting in a good creative uh, zone helps and that's not really helping and i don't know i don't know what i need <laughs> that helps me too today i made some really cute pink llamas i should have brought those in because they're for customer orders i'm shipping out tomorrow um but i also made this little cutie that hey, is hippo. adorable. Isn't she cute? And she does yes. have a fidget bubble in, in her belly. Uh, really cute. So I had a lot of fun with resin today, as I have been known to do lately. Mm -hmm. Well, she is. She isn't she? Yes. I also spent a lot of time listening to testimony by Jennifer Crumbly, because that's what we're going to talk yeah. about today. Is uh, The jury is out for deliberations. Mm -hmm. They were released uh, to deliberate this morning. Mm -hmm. Today's Monday. And um, they did go home for the night and they're coming back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They've had some questions. We're a little worried that there may be, this might be a hung jury. There are a lot of people concerned. So what there are I a lot of people going into this that thought she'd be found not guilty. And so they're, of course, uh, you know, <clears throat> waving their flags right now that they think they were right. Uh, people who thought she would definitely be guilty are worried. Uh, it's a precedent setting case. And it is, it's a really big deal for yeah. her to be found guilty of, of criminal charges mm -hmm. of uh, involuntary manslaughter mm -hmm. uh, with, um, with her involvement in the school shooting that her son Ethan committed. It's a huge deal. It is. And so, you know, it's, it's, there are definitely, some concerns, but uh, I want to share a lot of segments about her testimony with the defense and with the prosecution, mm -hmm. kind of give you a feel for what she said and how inconsistent and frankly not honest she was when she was questioned by her own attorney mm -hmm. versus the prosecutor. Also want to share with you some journal entries that a police officer came in and testified about. Uh, it's it's some scary shit, and it, it I, I'm doing this sort of compare and contrast thing because 
my son, we got him at 14, mm-hmm. right before he turned 15. And so I had a son with mental health problems at the same age as Ethan. Now, my son's mental health problems were established and diagnosed, mm-hmm. but we also paid very close attention to him. Yeah. And some of the things that she says and does blow me away. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and saying, you know, that certain text messages just didn't, they just didn't come to her phone. She just never saw them. Yeah. Even, you know, there's a lot of inconsistency that you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you were getting some of the messages from your kid, you were getting all the messages from your kid. Like we're not mm-hmm. stupid. We know how technology works. So yeah. let's start first. This is a video of her with her attorney uh, being asked some questions about if she thought that her was aware that her son had any mental health problems. Ever believe that your son needed mental health treatment, therapy, counseling, anything? No, I mean, there's a couple of times where Ethan had expressed anxiety over taking tests. Um, Anxiety about what he was going to do after high school, whether it was college, uh, military. So he expressed those those concerns to me, um, but not not to a level where I felt he needed to go see a psychiatrist or a mental health professional right away. No. Did you ever deny him or say no? I'm not going to take you to a mental health professional. Did he ever ask you? No, I mean, he, one time um, when he was talking about what he wanted to do for the for his future, I don't know, he just, he was feeling really down about it, stressed. Um, we did, we did, my husband did call his school counselor to try to talk to him because they do a lot of future academic planning with the tech school. Um, was that a mental health issue? No, it was more or less addressing what was upsetting my son at that. He was just having a hard time with his future goals. He was just having a hard time with his future goals. Okay, so that's her, you know, really playing off the idea that that she had any idea that he was having some mental health problems. So let's watch this now. This is a police officer uh, being questioned by the prosecutor, and he's going to show us some entrance, some entries into Ethan's journal. And let's 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 just compare and contrast a bit here. The journal were there passages in there indicative of a request for mental health help? Yes. Can you read what's been identified here as page six of that journal? Yes. The shooter writes, "I have zero help, as you can see on the for my mental problems, and it's causing me to shoot up the f-ing school." We'll move on to page five. Could you read this passage, please? In this one, the shooter writes, "I want help, but my parents don't listen to me." And I can't get any help. Well, this is page 19. Can you read that? Yes. Shooter writes, my parents won't listen to me about help or therapist. Sir, in that journal, were there entries about the shooter's desire to obtain a 9mm handgun? Yes. This is also exhibit 401, page 22. Could you read those quotes, please? Yes. The shooter writes, I want to shoot up the school so badly soon i'm going to buy a nine millimeter pistol sir were there any passages regarding the shooter's plan for the actual shooting yes there were okay here's page three also exhibit 401 could you read that please 
Yes. Shooter writes, I'm about to shoot up the school and spend the rest of my life in prison. Were there any journal entries about the shooter's access to the 9mm handgun? There were. This is also Exhibit 401, also page 3. Could you read that, please? Yes, sir. The shooter writes, first off, I got my gun. It's a SP-2022 Sig Sauer 9mm. Second, the shooting is tomorrow. I have access to the gun and the ammo. I am fully committed this to this now. So yeah, I'm going to prison for life and many people have about one day left to live. Do you have any evidence to believe that Mr. Crumbly or Mrs. Crumbly saw the journal? No, I just, if and I had evidence of that, they would, I imagine the charges would be different. If you had evidence they saw the journal, the charges would be different? Yeah, murder, okay. I would imagine. Okay, so the journal was located in the backpack that belonged to the shooter, yes, correct? Yes, correct. There were also a number of other papers in that backpack that you described? Yes. You don't have any evidence that Mrs. Crumbly ever saw any of those papers, correct? <clears throat> correct. Whew, okay. You know, the prosec the defense wants to highlight that they can't prove that the uh, prosecution doesn't have proof that that the parents had seen this journal, but I don't think that's what these prove. The right. point is not that they didn't, it was whether or not they read the journal. The point is that Ethan is writing in his journal that he has asked repeatedly for help and his parents don't listen to him. Uh -huh. His mom, and we're going to hear her say this several times. She talks a lot about how, oh, he's just joking. He's uh -huh. just kidding about these things. She says those things a lot. Uh -huh. And it seems to me that it is her way of sort of covering for the fact that, yeah, they did not listen to him. They were uh -huh. not paying any attention at all no. to the problems that he was having. But the journal is he's writing to himself that I don't yeah. have any help. My parents don't listen to me. Yep. Now I have my gun. Now I'm going to shoot up the school. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was clear that he wanted that gun. Mm -hmm. And and Jennifer talks about that in her testimony, that he really wanted that gun and had pushed his dad for quite a while that he mm -hmm. wanted that gun. Yeah. And finally on Black Friday in 2021, mm -hmm. his dad took him to an Acme gun store and they were having a sale. Uh -huh. on this very nine millimeter, but she talks all about how Ethan did all the research. This is the gun he wanted. Uh -huh. Why would you buy your 15 year old a handgun? Yeah. And wouldn't, why wouldn't you question why your 15 year old wanted said handgun so badly? Uh -huh. This is not like, Oh, I want a rifle to go hunting. Right. You know, and, and Jennifer says repeatedly that the plan was that he was going to use it at the gun range, but they didn't lock it up at home and they just yeah. hid the, uh, the ammo other places. But obviously Ethan knew exactly where it was kept. He says it uh -huh. and it was very clear on the day of the shooting when his parents didn't even take him home from school when he was having a mental health crisis. He uh -huh. 
gun and ammo in his backpack the whole time with that journal. Yep. But you cannot. Well, and that he wasn't asking for help. Why would he write that in his journal if he wasn't? Right. And this idea that it, they kind of tried to sell her. The defense tried to sell her as a helicopter parent. Oh my gosh, that it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't have that quote because it's so many hours to get it. But oh. yeah, she's she said she's a helicopter parent, that she and her family, she and her husband and her son are very close. Mm -hmm. Uh Jennifer Crumbly Crumbly was having multiple affairs. You think well, she and her husband were close? Jennifer Crumbly had multiple was having multiple affairs, was working full time, was running ski patrol that was 10 hours a week. Yep. Where and riding you horses have time and multiple days a week. And riding horses multiple days a week and maintaining those horses. Tell yeah. me where she had time to be a helicopter parent. She didn't. She, and didn't. she doesn't even know what that means. No. She's also said that she doesn't regret anything. Yeah. And that she wouldn't change anything. No. She literally says that in court. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't even say, I wouldn't have bought Ethan the gun. Yeah. She, she wouldn't even say that, you guys. No. It's so gross. It, it's so. Oh, I was stunned that she said that. I, yeah. I understand that's probably a admit to nothing, you know, kind of thing. But at the same time, you are looking in the faces of all these people whose kids were murdered. Right. And you wouldn't change anything. She said she yeah. just, she wishes he would have just killed them instead. Which but is it, the grossest, most gaslighty right. thing. Right. To Which say? just sounded a lot to me like, then at least I wouldn't be here doing this, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's just... Well, she came very close to saying that she was a victim in this situation. Yeah, she tried in real her hard testimony. to. Mm -hmm. And that was gross as hell to me, too. And she said, oh, I, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to disgrace the, the memory of the, of the people who did die. But mm -hmm. we've lost a lot. And her attorney said, you've lost everything, haven't you? Yeah, we've lost everything. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Lady, you did this to yourself. Right. You like, haven't I lost understand. it. You threw it away. Well, and I get that hindsight's twenty twenty, But Ethan was giving them all of the signals. He was telling yes. them who he was. He was asking he was. them to help. If she was a helicopter parent, she would have seen in his phone the message. Yeah. The text that he had with friends talking about asking his parents for help and not getting it. She yeah. would have known about that journal and would have read it. She didn't be perfectly it. honest. When my kid was Ethan's age, I was up his ass. Mm -hmm. He never went anywhere without one of us. He was not alone at all. Mm -hmm. We searched his phone regularly. We searched mm -hmm. his bedroom regularly because we knew we needed to. And I realized that my situation is not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. However, when you hear this next uh, exchange between Jennifer Crumbly and the prosecutor mm -hmm. about vigilance, I think you will see how little she really was doing for her son. So let's yeah. let's listen to this. Mr. Crumbly, I'd like to talk to you about your vigilance as a parent. But before I do, I want to make sure that you understood the oath that you just took. I do. Okay, you understand that. You took the stand under oath that you have to tell the truth. I do. You understand that was the rules yesterday as well. Correct. All right, we're going to come back to that. Now, you have been described by your attorney as a hyper vigilant parent. Correct. Okay, do you agree with that? I do. In fact, you called yourself a helicopter parent before. Yes, I was. 
So you told us you've spent a lot of family time together. We did. Now I'd like to talk to you about what your digital footprint shows. Okay. What the evidence on your phone shows. Okay. Now it's true, you agree with me, that having horses is a quite a time-consuming hobby. It can be. Okay. It was for you. It can be. And that's what you said yesterday? Yes. Okay. And you were at the barn for between three and five times a week? Mm, more like three times a week. Three times a week yeah. for a couple hours a trip? Correct. Okay. It's also an expensive hobby. It is. So your banking records show that in the year 2021, you spent over $20,000 on the horses. Is that great? Probably. Okay. And that's not including cash. That's just from Capital One and Flagstar Bank. Correct. In fact, you told a co-worker that half of your salary basically goes to the horses. I might have, yes. Now, except on rare occasion, you didn't bring your son with you to the barn. He was not into horses. I would ask every time I went to the barn, but he didn't want to go. So, so the answer was no? No. Okay. And at least as far as your horses being boarded with Kira Pennock from June of 2021 to November of 2021, your son never went with you. Is that correct? Um, I think he went once when my in-laws were in town and we met them at the barn. Okay. But there's nothing stopping you from taking him? No, he just didn't want to go. Okay. It's, it's a family atmosphere. <clears throat> It can be. Okay, like the Halloween party that she had. That was for families. Yeah, most of the kids there are young. Okay. In the winters, you you were on ski patrol as well. Correct. Okay. And that, that can be a bit of a time-consuming hobby. It can be. All right. And you would be on ski patrol between one and two times a week? It's a total of 10 hours a week. 10 hours a week. Okay. So how many days? Um, I did doubles on Saturday, so one day a week for me. Okay. So you told this jury yesterday. You depicted your affair with Mr. Malash as, as a um, one-time-a-week meet-up at a Costco parking lot. Is Correct. that your testimony? Correct. Okay. But it wasn't just that, was it? No. Okay. In fact, there are numerous photographs sent to Mr. Malash. Okay. Yes or no? I'm sure there was. Okay. Numerous messages exchanged with him. Correct. And it wasn't just during the week. Monday through Friday, was it? No. No. In fact, that's what you said yesterday. But in fact, it included trips. Um, there were actual business trips that he met me on. Okay. And it included other individuals. Yes. What's Adult Friend Finder? Um, it's where you can go on and meet people who meet certain tastes that you're looking for. This is 429. And you had the app, Adult Friend Finder, on your phone. I do not believe I had the app. On my okay, phone. it was found on your phone. Okay, well, I guess it was on my phone. Okay, and there were messages from you to other individuals. Correct. Your Honor, I would object that this is going outside of the scope of the affair with Brian, but. I, mean, I don't think the court's ruling on opening the door was confined to just her extramarital affair with Brian Walsh. Well, I guess. Uh, with regard to Mr. Walsh, uh, I determined that uh, the defense opened the door. I don't know that I determined that the defense opened the door as to other... She depicted herself as having one extramarital affair for about a six-month period of time, where she met with him one time a week. That was her testimony yesterday. We have evidence to the contrary, and I think it's important. That's going to get exciting. I, All right, it is what it is. All right, well, 
Go ahead. But I'll, I, I won't delve too far. Okay, yeah. I, into it, Judge. Really, the, this jury has been here a long time. And I respect your time, Judge. I'll be brief. You might have lost. So, Mrs. Crumbly, I'm sorry, this is not a laughing matter. You're muted. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. <laughs> uh, that whole, we might all blush from the defense attorney. Yeah. It, this is a murder trial. Yeah. But she sure doesn't act like it, does she? No. She doesn't act like she's taking it very seriously, um, which, you know, is probably a tactic. But it's tacky as hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are parents of dead children in this courtroom listening to this shit yeah and and listen to first of all jennifer crumbly light her ass off yeah. when she was examined by her attorney mm -hmm. and was caught repeatedly by the prosecutor but let's think about it jennifer crumbly had a full-time job she went at least three times a week during the week mm -hmm. for two hours at a time to the stables mm -hmm. and i in the winter which it was winter when this mm -hmm. shooting occurred, she was gone for 10 hours a day every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she had time to be a parent at all. Right, let alone a helicopter parent. When was she seeing that kid all this time they were spending together? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? You think about yourself as a parent. No. I can't imagine. Being gone that long, I would hardly see my kid. Especially with a very lonely kid who didn't have any friends, didn't yeah. seem to have much for activities or things, you know, any extracurriculars. Right. This boy was just spending all of his time alone. He did. Well, and his one friend had moved, had been sent to a different school. Mm -hmm. And he had been bowling in bowling leagues mm -hmm. uh for several years and mm -hmm. this year he had decided not to do it mm -hmm. so he let go of something that was really important to him for a long time mm -hmm. and his best friend was gone yeah this kid had nothing yeah nobody was home with him nobody they didn't know that this kid was going to shoot up the school because they were not paying any attention to him at all no but can you imagine, as a parent, having time for all of that extracurricular hobby stuff? No. That's the thing that gets Plus me. Is the that, affair. Yeah. If you, I mean, a lot of parents work full time. Most parents work full time. That's right. That's life, you know. But to add all of the extra stuff she was doing that didn't have anything to do with Ethan. Yeah. He didn't go to the stables with her because he didn't want to. He didn't go skiing with her because he didn't want to. He didn't do right. anything because she says he didn't want to. But I'm guessing that just really means he just wasn't included in those things, you know? Right. Well, and, you know, when you have a child as a parent, you put some time and energy into their interests and their hobbies. Mm -hmm. You you know, I'm not saying you can't have your own. We all try to. Mm -hmm. But we, a lot of us also try to put some focus on the things that our kids find important. Yeah. And include them. And, and you know, I think about you and your kids in sports. Yeah. 
and um, Maddie in the uh, BPA stuff that yeah. she did and mm-hmm. like band concerts and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Like as a parent with a kid at that age, most people are spending a lot of their time doing the things their kids like to do. Yeah. Because that's yeah. how you spend time with them and make sure they're and, okay and talk to yeah. them and check in with and them. connect to them and yeah. Yeah. But Jennifer clearly didn't have time or interest for any of those things. She was so no. busy. She she clarifies in another part of this video that the she was so she would meet up with the boyfriend in a Costco parking lot during work mm-hmm. once a week. But then she also took business trips mm-hmm. and he would meet up with her at these business trips. Mm-hmm. And then they would find some more friends on Friend Finder to also meet up with on yeah. business trips. Mm-hmm. Jennifer was way too busy cheating on her husband mm-hmm. to give a shit about her kid. Yeah. It's really strange. I find all of it really bizarre, mm-hmm. especially when she says things like, well, I see us as a close family. Right. You do. You're having an affair on your husband with multiple people. Yeah. And you're so busy that you're never home to spend time with your son. And to you, that's a close family that makes you a helicopter parent. Yeah. I don't understand. And I mean, I don't know what kind of parents Jennifer had. Um, Right. Shitty. Mm -hmm. Don't you think like Uh the way she talks about it, you're like, I don't think you know how parents are supposed to be. Yeah. I would assume that that's definitely true, but she's very matter of fact too. In all of her answers and stuff, she's Mm -hmm. completely you know, buying her own hype. seem to have any shame at all. No. And she's pretty much got this attitude of, well, yeah, I was doing all that. So what? Yeah. Well, the attitude is, so what? That doesn't mean that it's my fault that my kid killed people. Okay, Jennifer, right. maybe that's true in some ways. Except for that. You missed every sign. You did not take care of your kid. And then you put a loaded gun in his hand. And yeah. that's what is your fault. I have seen a lot of people arguing online. This, you know, this case flew under the radar for a couple of years. And suddenly it's drawn a lot of like activists and stuff that have gotten a lot more interested. Yeah, and, we've been talking about it from the very beginning because yeah. we could see this was going to be a big deal. This is a precedent setting case. And mm. what a lot of people, the arguments people are making are a lot along the lines of, well, If my kid is driving my car and hits and kills somebody, does that mean I go to prison? Well, that's not an apples to apples kind of argument. However, A, your car would be insured and that would help pay for whatever happened in that accident. If it wasn't insured, then yes, you'd lose your house. You Mm -hmm. could, you know, lose everything. Uh, But B, let's turn that on its ear and say that kid didn't have a driver's license was having a psychotic episode and you handed them the keys to the car and told them to go have fun. Then yeah. could you be culpable? Yeah. Maybe you That's could. the equivalent of this. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to provide the gun. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Not yeah. getting him the mental health help he needs is neglectful. It's appalling. It's wrong. That's not really what's at play. What's at play is that he was having all of those issues and they provided the gun. Whether they knew he was going to kill anybody or not 
is neither here nor there. Right. They gave him the means and then they were not paying attention as parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's trying to blame her husband, which, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. this trial was originally meant to be a joint trial Mm -hmm. with two of them. And only a month or so ago did they decide to split. Mm -hmm. And she says it was his job to secure the gun Mm -hmm. and to put the the lock on the gun Mm -hmm. because she didn't like doing it. Uh huh. Well, you know who put the lock on the gun? No one. That's no one. who put the lock on the gun. Mm-hmm. The gun didn't have a fucking lock. And also, it wasn't locked. Bu- 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 bullshit. Nobody no. was putting a lock on that gun. Give me a break. No. That's just a story being made up now. Mm-hmm. The fact that this kid, because she said, we bought this gun only for him to use at the shooting range. Well, if that was true. Why was it left in a place that it was accessible to him and the ammunition was also accessible to him in their house? I mean, if you were going to shoot at a shooting range, a lot of shooting ranges have lockers where you can actually leave your gun Mm -hmm. there and you don't even bring it home. So if this was only for shooting at the gun range, why was the gun even in the house at all? Right. Well, you can also rent guns at gun ranges. You don't even have to buy a gun. If you just want to shoot at a range, you can rent the gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just bullshit to me. Well, you can also buy a locking case. They're not that expensive. And if you can afford the gun, in my world, you can also afford a locking case, right. a gun cabinet, something to lock these things up with. That, But that's why this is a precedent-setting case. Right. Because too often, kids are getting access. It, it always reminds me of, Christy, a, a space-clearing case that you and I went out on years ago. Where there had oh, been gosh. a suicide, uh, yeah. a t- teenager had killed himself in the living room, and there were hundreds of unsecured guns in that home. Hundreds. How many guns were in that house? Yeah. We were this, shocked. I've never seen anything like it. And they weren't locked up. They were in, like, cases that weren't locked mm-hmm. or in boxes. They boxes, were ev- everywhere you looked in this house, there was a gun. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anything. Every room. Every room. There were guns in the bedroom of the little brother who found this kid. Yeah. Still, guns. Guns everywhere. I I was stunned. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And I, I, this is, I don't understand why anybody thinks teenagers need guns. Yeah. Teenagers are volatile. They are not always safe. They are the most expensive to insure in cars Mm -hmm. because they are the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think that guns aren't any, aren't the same? Like, yeah, they are. And they're actually a lot easier to hide Mm -hmm. and steal from your house without anyone even knowing. Because as we know, Ethan's parents went to the school the day Mm -hmm. of the shooting had a conversation with the school where the school asked them to please take him home and get him some mental health help. And they opted not to because they didn't want to miss work. Mm-hmm. And the entire time that was going on, that gun was in his backpack mm-hmm. the whole time. The whole time. And he was drawing pictures of guns and the voices won't stop. Help me. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. On and There's blood gun. everywhere. Yeah. School didn't search him and neither did the parents and the parents left him there. Mm-hmm. And let this happen. It's just, I don't think that every parent is responsible for a school shooting. But do I think these are? Yeah. 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 
Okay, let's uh, let's do. Uh, I have one more video. Let's talk a little bit just about some more of the exchanges between Jennifer Crumbly and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Your son texted you that he was seeing demons and bowls flying off the shelves. That was in the spring of 2007, 2021. You recall that evidence, right? Correct. You don't dispute that that was on your phone. No. You don't dispute that at some point you read those messages. No. And you don't dispute that your son said at least one time, can you please text me back? Correct. Okay. Um, you don't dis- you don't dispute that when you're at the barn, your other messages show that you can take pictures, send pictures, and receive pictures. Usually I'm at the barn. If I take pictures and I try to send them, they don't go through right away, or I won't send them until I hit a spot where I actually have service. So in Exhibit 423, the Facebook message chat between you and James, the chat that you deleted, there are a number of pictures that James sent to you from the barn of a horse in a conversation about that particular horse. Do okay. you dispute that? No. Okay. And in fact, dozens and dozens of pictures of the like. I'm you, sure, yes. You're sure. Okay. And those pictures were sent to you with a timestamp on that Facebook message chat. Okay. Do you dispute that? No. No. Okay, and then you responded in that same time frame. Do you dispute that? No. No. So that conversation with that picture that was taken at the barn was occurring while one of you were at the barn. I'm sure it was. Okay. Now, you don't deny that your son wrote in his journal that he asked his parents for help. You don't deny that evidence that was admitted? No, I don't. Okay. And you don't deny that he wrote in his journal that he now had access to the six hour nine millimeter handgun. I do not deny that. And you don't deny that the six hour nine millimeter handgun was in fact the murder weapon. I don't deny that. And you also don't deny that that gun was gifted by you and your husband to your son on November 26th. Describe gifted. How about when you posted on Instagram his new Christmas gift? Correct. And I explained yesterday that it was for him to use at the shooting range. We didn't just hand him a gun as a here you go son. It was something he could use when we went to the range as a family together. You don't deny that in April of 2021, you described your son as being depressed. I didn't describe him as being depressed. I noticed that he was acting depressed. You used the word depressed. Yes, he was acting sad, he was acting depressed. Okay, and you know what depressed means? It means a lot of different things. Well, to you, it meant depressed, and you wrote that. Right. You don't deny in April of 2021, the evidence shows, that your son told his only friend that he had asked you for help. No, I don't deny that. Okay. And you also don't deny that he told his only friend that you laughed at him. I do not deny that. Now, yesterday you told us that you took those messages in the spring of 2021, which, by the way, is at the same time you started your affair with Mr. Malash? Around that time. Okay. So in the spring of 2021, when you... Uh, sent those messages, or when you received those messages, you indicated it was messing around. It was. It was messing around. In your mind, messing around. That's what your testimony was. Yes. Okay. Even when he said, can you please text me back? I didn't see his text message, so I didn't text him back. Even when your phone logs show missed calls? Can you ask that again? Even when your phone logs show missed calls from your son in that time period? Uh, no. No. You said yesterday about these messing around texts 
you'll agree with me that there's no indication in any text message, either between you and your son, or any Facebook message between you and your husband, in any of those exhibits, in fact, anywhere on your phone, that indicated that any of those messages were a joke. No, there weren't. There weren't. And we're talking about hundreds of messages between <coughs> you and your son, and thousands of messages between you and your husband. Correct. And you don't deny that you never once, never once, took him to see a therapist or counselor. No, I did not. You did not. So, I don't think the prosecutor did a very good job of getting his point across here. What he was trying to say is, oh, well, when you want to send pictures of horses back and forth with your husband at the barn, they seem to go through in a timely manner because they're all time stamped and you can see that they weren't delayed. Uh -huh. I don't think he went far enough on that. The other thing he said is yeah. that you had missed calls from your son. So the calls were coming through uh -huh. and the, his son, had, her son had said, please text me back. Talking mm -hmm. about being afraid, seeing demons in their house. Mm -hmm. There are other times where he talks about hallucinating and seeing things. Mm -hmm. And mom completely ignores all of that. Yep. And very nonchalantly, I, I just didn't get that text. Yeah. So what that's very that convenient. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? You got, you could get the text, you could get the, the Facebook messages from your husband of the pictures, but... Some of those texts from your son, they just never went through. And even if they went through delayed, they still went through. We're not stupid. Mm -hmm. If you go through a bad spot and can't receive text messages, as soon as you get to a good service area, they all come in. Mm -hmm. You don't just not get them. You know She's who else isn't stupid? Jennifer's not stupid. Right. I think it's important to note, listening to her on the stand, watching her interact, Jennifer's smart. Jennifer was very well smart enough. She was not hapless. She was not helpless. She also wasn't unable to provide for Ethan. She spent $20,000 that year on her horses. Right. $20,000. She, she absolutely had the money and the means to get that kid help. She just chose not to. Period. She was way too busy with her horses and skiing and her boyfriends. Mm -hmm. It's just the bottom line. She just didn't give a shit nope. about what was going on with Ethan. Mm -hmm. But I I do have some concerns about the, how the prosecution handled some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't go way harder on that because she was just being obtuse about it. Yeah. And, and she's not stupid. And, mm -hmm. and he should have said directly to her, Jennifer, it's obvious that things could go through to your phone right. at the barn. We have mm -hmm. proof of that. Why are you lying about not receiving these messages? Mm -hmm. You know? Also, I just, ugh. if I'm in a place where I cannot receive messages, I'm a basket case. I am so nervous that my kids can't get a hold of me. And my kids are all adults. But being off the grid somewhere where my kids can't reach me, it's really nerve wracking for me. The fact that she was constantly in this place where she claims she couldn't get service or didn't always receive texts or whatever. Mm -hmm. How was that not a worry for her that she had a kid at home that might need her and she was unavailable to him? 
I don't understand Cause, that. Because she didn't care. She did not. Because I agree. I mean, I my son's 28 and I still feel that way. I do not yeah. like to be in a place where he can't reach me mm-hmm. if he needs something because he does frequently need my help. Yeah. And I at, at 15, hell yes. I, mm-hmm. it, he was not a priority to her at all. No. No. Whether she knew or not, I don't even think is the point. Right. I think the point is she was an incredibly negligent parent. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear in the next trial how incredibly negligent her husband was too. Absolutely. But there was nobody in that house that gave a shit about this kid and gave mm-hmm. a shit about what he was doing and what was going on with him. No, I, it's heartbreaking for Ethan. He was on his own. He was. It's very clear that he was and that he knew it. Mm-hmm. It's sad. So, Katie, talk to us a little bit about the closing arguments. So, the closing, you know, the prosecutor talked a lot about the fact that, uh, well, he talked about the fact that they drained Ethan's bank account and tried to flee. You know, mm-hmm. there was arguments. Uh, there were several objections during the closing, which is such a weird the prosecutor was like, uh, I'm, I'm giving my closing? Like, what are yeah, you doing really objecting? Do that. Not typically, unless something's pretty egregious. But uh, at any rate, he or the prosecutor hit quite on the things like that she had, that they obviously did try to flee. Uh, talked a lot about, you know, her affairs and how much time was spent away from home. Just reiterated the case pretty much. It was. I thought it was pretty boilerplate, honestly. It wasn't uh, very, uh, you know, there there was nothing new in the closing from him Mm -hmm. uh, or from the prosecutor. Then we get into the closing from the defense, from Shannon Smith. And Shannon did the weirdest thing. First of all, her closing was super long, super, super long like pushing a couple hours long Mm -hmm. and the bulk of it was her talking about her children and her parenting. Now, obviously the goal here was to be relatable to the jury and be like, Hey, we're all parents just doing the best we can. And impossible, you know, it's impossible to parent teenagers and do a perfect job. And we're just all doing the best we can. Okay, that was pretty much the the gist of it. And she may have caught, you know, found some favor with the jury with that. But the way she put her kids under the bus and drove back and forth over them multiple times, I was appalled by. Now, let's be fair. She is a defense attorney. Who knows if she just made all these stories up or if this is all true. But the stuff she said was so inappropriate and weird to me. She talked about her 15-year-old daughter uh, crying and not wanting to go to school because she says she doesn't have anyone to sit with at lunch. And that she just texted her husband and told him, our daughter is a psycho today. She's a nutcase. Your daughter was crying and sad because she's lonely at school and you're calling her a nutcase and a psycho? Really? What the hell? She talked about her son, that if he were to use his phone that she pays for, so technically she owns, uh, to send uh, dick pics, that uh, would she then be charged with uh, child pornography? She said she really likes to cook and has big knives in her kitchen. 
And if one of her children took one of those knives and murdered someone with it, would she be charged because they used her knife? Oh, boy. Obviously, Shannon, it's not apples to apples. None of those arguments are apples to apples at all. She said, I don't check my kids' phones. First of all, I hope that's not true. And do you know that you just told the whole world that you're not monitoring your teenage children's phones? Yeah. And do you know how scary the internet is? And how many pedophiles are out there that would love to hear that? Again, I hope that's not actually true because that was really irresponsible to say and very irresponsible to admit. The truth is, if you have kids and they have phones, you have a responsibility to know what's going on on those phones, period. Absolutely. Full stop. And if you're not doing that, the consequences of that are at your feet, period. Uh, Many, many stories about her own kids and frankly made herself sound like a terrible parent. Is she actually a terrible Uh, parent? Maybe that's why she wanted to be Jennifer Jennifer Crumbly's attorney. It's because she doesn't see anything wrong with any of this parenting. But my God. Nobody's a perfect parent. And it's very challenging to parent teenagers, without a doubt. But the story about her daughter being sad because she had no one to sit with at lunch and calling her a psycho and a nutcase, I thought was in such poor taste. I also wondered if the parents sitting in the gallery really wish they could be having those experiences with their kids, but they can't because they're dead. Right. You know, it was just, all of it was so gross to me. I will say there are plenty of uh, like Twitter attorneys and stuff that are saying they thought her closing was brilliant and that it probably won her case because it was very relatable to the jury. Uh, Was it? I mean, what kind of parents are on that jury? Right? I would hope that that stuff is not relatable to me at all. That makes me me think she's a terrible parent. Also, she put her family, her kids' personal information out there in a very public murder trial Mm -hmm. and talked about them individually by age. Like, why would you do that to your children? I I hated it. I really hated it. I couldn't believe that she drove the bus over her own kids in an attempt to win a case. Um, Again, she's a defense attorney. Who knows if any of this is even true or if this was just a narrative, you know, to relate to the jury. And it could be. But I was pretty appalled by all of it, to be honest. Uh. Let's see. I had some notes pulled up here. I gotta hope that there are some better parents than that on this jury. Uh, yeah. Yep. Her closing basically concluded with saying that Jennifer was doing her best in tough times and was not criminally responsible for her son's crime. Tough mm-hmm. times or tough times that were self-created. The only person that didn't have control of these tough times was Ethan. Right. And they were tough times? Why were they tough times? They didn't seem tough for Jennifer. Mm. What is she even referring to? I'm not really sure. Jennifer's apparently out there living it up. Jennifer obviously does whatever the hell she wants. The tough time was Ethan's. And Ethan cracked under the tough times and did something so unspeakable and unthinkable that it just makes our blood run cold. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with this case. I My best guess is it's going to be a hung jury tomorrow. 
I'm real worried about that. I'm I'm holding out for a guilty verdict, but I don't know. I I was disappointed in the way that the prosecution handled the case. I don't think they went nearly as hard hard enough mm-hmm. on a lot of these points. I also mm-hmm. do not get the judge in this case at all. She's mm. the most milk toast judge I've ever seen. And permissive. So permissive. I've also never seen an attorney in court constantly doing things like brushing their hair, taking off their jacket, spiffing themselves up right in the middle of the courtroom, putting on lip gloss a thousand times. There's even a video of of Attorney Smith kind of cleaning out her eyes, you know, like you do when you wear makeup, and then eating it. Yeah. We didn't I mean, show that because what the hell. But right. her behavior in court, her decorum in court was appalling to me. But, of course, we've the, spent a lot of time the, in Daybell court. Wiping her eyes when she was crying with her middle fingers yeah. while facing the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell, lady? One of the things she talked about in her closing was how everyone's talking about her online and talking about her on TikTok and you know, that everyone on the internet just hates her now and people are saying this and that. And, um, well, you are defending someone that a lot of people feel like should be found guilty. Uh, I, I don't hate anybody and, and I'm not, uh, an attorney, so I can only throw my opinion out there from the things that we have seen and witnessed. And like I said, we've spent a lot of time in Daybell court here the last few years where judge Boyce would have never allowed, well, any of this. Nor would no. he have allowed the back and forth that went on between the prosecution but, and the defense constantly. And the judge yeah. saying things like, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do about that. What but the hell does that even mean? You're, you're the, judge. the judge. It's your job, you know. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing has been handled in a frightening way. Mm-hmm. It has for a case that sets a lot of precedent. Yeah. And I see people online arguing about it. Well, does this mean we have to go back to every single school shooting and charge their parents? Were their parents neglectful? Were their parents... Here's here's where it is for me. I'll say it straight up. If you own guns and your minor child uses that gun to commit a crime, I think you should be charged. Right. Full stop. Sorry. Because it is your responsibility to control access to that gun. Mm-hmm. and to maintain safety in your household. And if you mm-hmm. don't, that is on you. And there are lots and lots of tools out there. There's trigger locks that ev- identify through fingerprint, right. for God's sake. There are lots of tools out there to keep firearms safe. And if you choose to not keep firearms safe from your minor children and they commit crimes with them, then I do. I do. I, mm-hmm. I think that you should be held liable. Too. I because Ethan didn't own that gun. That nope. gun's name, that gun was in James Crumbly's name. Mm-hmm. That's because the adults in that household and Jennifer, whether her name was on the gun or not, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're married. They live in the same household. Mm-hmm. It is their responsibility as adults to protect that gun mm-hmm. and their child from that gun. Because that is the responsibility you take when you take a gun into your home. Right. And arguing to me with all of these other implements, like, well, what if they wreck the car? What if they stab someone with a knife? Cars are meant to be driven, not to kill. Knives are meant to cook, not to kill or to cut or to whatever. We're talking about a gun that is meant to 
kill. That's what guns are for. Right. Why does it your 15 not... need a nine millimeter six hour? Why? Yeah. For what purpose? No one ever asked that question. Right. Mm. So we'll see. I don't have a lot of faith in this at this point. I really don't. It'll be very interesting to see then what happens with James. If mm -hmm. they hang, if they're going to actually refile. We'll see. There's a right. lot of people, uh, you know, there's some attorneys also that feel like she's already served two years and that might really just be all the time she's going to get. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. I, I, I just know. wish this case would send a message that if you're going to have guns in your home and you have kids, then by God, you better take care of them or you will be legally responsible. Full Absolutely. stop. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. I am not anti-gun. I've never said I was. I'm not a Second Amendment nut, but I'm not anti-gun. But I am anti-stupid with guns, and that's what yeah. this is. That is what this is. Yeah. To have left this gun so unsecured and so available mm -hmm. when you have a 15-year-old child in your house, whether you know they're mentally ill or not, and I absolutely believe they did know, and just didn't want to deal with it. But even if they didn't know, they were still responsible for securing that goddamn gun. Mm -hmm. You're right. Well, guys, this is our Monday episode. You can tell we've been way up on our soapbox tonight. Mm -hmm. We will be back Tuesday with a new episode, Wednesday with our Wednesday Night Case Updates live stream, and Thursday with another episode. So, there is a lot coming. Of course, we now are now on Verdict Watch with the Jennifer Crumbly case. So what do you think? What's going to happen? And remember that we recorded this on February 5th, 2024, while the jury was still in deliberation. Please don't feel the need months down the road to tell us what the, uh, what the outcome was, because we know. That's why we do a live stream on Wednesday nights. To update every case that we follow. It's kind of yeah. how the internet works. So, yeah, we will certainly be updating this on Wednesday night. Hopefully by then we have a, a, a verdict. We'll mm -hmm. see where it's going to go from here. Indeed. Well, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. <laughs> Take care.